Welcome to Three Song Stories, the podcast that rifles through the soundtrack of our guest's past to better understand them today. Thanks for listening. I'm Richard Chinqui. Our guest today is Sergio Munez. Sergio is an Emmy and Murrow award-winning videographer. He's shot news, ads, live events, television, sports, and film. And he's worked production for PBS, Dunkin' Donuts, Publix, Wells Fargo, Fox Sports, Fox News, MTV, and the Boston Red Sox. And honestly, the list is kind of long. He also uses his skills to document his adorable six-year-old daughter, Isla. Sergio is an accomplished drummer, guitarist, and vocalist, and when we first met, he was in a local band named Cadence Wednesday, who headlined local rock shows and performed alongside national groups like Shinedown. Sergio and I met playing together in a band for Next Level, a church here in town, and we kind of just meshed. As this podcast got rolling, I ran into him at a live event, and I invited him on the spot, and he accepted on the spot. So here we go. Hey there, Sergio. How's it going? It's going great. Uh, thanks for coming in. So glad to be here. I've been excited about this since mm-hmm. we talked about it. Me too. Um, oh, what did you win an Emmy for? Like what? what well, was uh, you know, I worked in television news mm-hmm. for uh, probably close to six or seven years of my life. Uh, and so I worked for uh, the local CBS affiliate here in Fort Myers. And, Wink. Yeah, yeah, Wink. Mm-hmm. Uh, Wink TV. And so, yeah, we did a crime story. It was a three-part story that was basically setting up shop with hidden cameras at this restaurant downtown Fort Myers. And um, back then it was called the French Connection. I know uh, the French Connection. Uh-huh. Yeah. And uh, it became now a seafood restaurant. But anyway, back then uh, we set up a bunch of different cameras kind of hiding and we set up two different producers sitting at a table having lunch right in the middle of lunchtime. And so we had a third producer, this very tall Completely bald guy. I mean, you you noticed the guy, mm-hmm. right? He kind of walked in and snatched the purse. One of the one of the two producers that were sitting down yeah. snatched the purse and went running out. And so at that moment, we stopped the scene and we told everybody, "Hey, this was every, everything's okay. We are actually running this show, and we wanted to see if one of you guys will volunteer to come into the sheriff's office to try to describe the person." And so. We kind of did a three-part story out of this. It ended up, it ended up airing nationally uh, on CNN and all these different other affiliates across the nation. And so it got submitted for an Emmy, and we ended up winning it. So That's yeah, cool. It's, that's uh, really it's cool. awesome. And now it hangs in my living room. Oh, that's so awesome. <laughs> um, so uh, when when you're watching TV or movies, you know, does your expertise make you analyze what's on the screen instead of, like, watching it? from a, Like, you think about it from a production standpoint? Oh my gosh, it's terrible. It's yeah. I, I actually, uh, even my friends and people that are close to me can't watch a movie with me because I'm always, I have to watch, if I go to a, a movie theater to watch a movie, I have to go back a second or third time because the first time around, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I am not even paying attention to the story. I'm looking at the actual lighting and the scene mm. and I'm thinking in my head what's happening is picturing where that light source is coming from or picturing where, you know, the audio guy may be hiding. And that's how my head runs mm-hmm. throughout this whole process. So I can't sit down and watch a movie or a show without first seeing it that way. So, you sure. know, yeah. Do um, you catch you catch every boom? 
Uh, yeah, shot? Like, uh, almost all of the time. I've I've missed a few, but yeah. yeah, I catch them all the time. One one of the one of the funny things about it is, uh, um, I was with a very close friend recently watching a show, and it was a nighttime scene, right? And it, you know, in, 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 on those nighttime scenes, they try to make it look like it just rained right yeah it's always if you uh, and I'm, prob- I'm probably going to like ruin <laughs> stuff for a lot of people here so disclaimer <laughs> but um it's always uh, almost every night scene it's just stopped raining and mm-hmm. that's because when they put lights if there's nothing shiny on the ground you can't really tell there's a light source yeah right? but when the, when the ground is wet you can see the shininess coming from every direction. And so, you know, it, I told that to my friend and it's ruined. Now every time that she's watching a movie or a show, she like texts me like, this is not cool. I, that, now that's what I notice, you know, so it's it's just really funny. <laughs> like, that's kind of what I do for my friends. Those behind the scenes, mm-hmm. that behind the curtain stuff can can make it a little, you, you know how the sausage gets made. Exactly. Take some of the magic away. That's right. Um, All right, so... Uh, what was the musical background of your childhood? Yeah, so I got introduced to music from a very, very early age. Um, ever since, like my earliest memories are always relating to music, and it really came from my from my father. My father uh, was always in bands. I, I was uh, born and raised in Mexico. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, which which part? Uh, a city called Tampico, and it's right on the Gulf. Um, and so. I was always around music. My dad always had instruments in the house. He was that he was that guy that could play every instrument. You put an instrument in front mm-hmm. of him, he will pick it up, give him ten minutes, and he will know how to play a song or something with it. You know, he sing too. Uh, oh yeah. yeah, yeah. He he was just that guy. You mm-hmm. know, and so I was always around it. Um, and by the time I was eight years old, he was playing for this particular band in Mexico. Uh, the band called uh, I, I'll never forget the, the band was called Metropolis. Okay. That was like their name, and they play everywhere in Mexico. They travel, they play for parties and weddings and events, and so there was an issue with the drummer uh, where he couldn't come to the next month of shows or whatever. And so I had never played drums. I am like, I don't know. I'm eight years old. But I'm like, let me see what this is about. And I started messing with it. I figured I actually had rhythm. Mm-hmm. And they're like, hey, we need someone to fill in. Do you think? And yeah. I'm like, okay. And so funny enough, um, I had to find the picture. But funny enough, the next show that they had was a TV show. It was a variety show. So we were going to be live in front of cameras in the studio. And I'm, this is my first gig with them. And I never looked back. I, so I drummed with this band for probably the next five years and traveled around with my dad and uh, so that's kind of how I got introduced to music. So I mean, you were you were filling a need, mm-hmm. and you just you need need a drummer. Put a drummer in there, and I yeah, I think of you as a vocalist first because of how much I listen to you sing. But like when we met, you were a drummer. You were yeah. drumming, and yeah. you're, you're a really good drummer. Um, did 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 you play uh, during that period, that eight to thirteen period? Did you play? Um, with any other acts or with any other people, or was it just like you were running with your dad and doing the shows? Yeah, I was mostly running with my dad. I mean, I, 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 to be honest, I didn't know that I had the ability to play music. I mm. just knew that I could play drums because hmm. um, I, I was young. You know, I didn't realize yeah. uh, what that meant at the time and and how that would like change my life forever. You know, um, but it was a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun going to different cities and towns and. You know, traveling with my dad, who was my hero, and you know, I always looked up to. So, 
um, yeah, it was one of those that like I, I thought drums was just something that I could do, and I just I just did it. You know? that, that live performance uh, for TV that also affected you, mm-hmm. right? Because you you got to see TV stuff. Yeah, that it, it's it's so interesting, just kind of how everything happened. Because from that experience, from being on that variety show that first time. I had never been in a TV studio before. I had never knew, you know, when I I was younger, I would see my dad on TV sometimes. And, you know, being younger, I was always confused. Like, wait, how are you here? Because there would be recorded shows, right? Right. So how are you here? But then you're on the TV. So I never understood how that worked. Um, So when I actually got exposed to it and I was in that show, I got to see the behind the scenes and I saw the cameras and the directors and the booths with all the, with all the buttons and the video directors and all this stuff. And it just blew me away. And so um, from, from that's where my my love for television and and you know cameras and all that stuff it was born out of that day that show. Wow! So a lot of things happened within that first <laughs> yeah. like month of my you know my musical career, if you will. Yeah, your dad's band made it. So that and that was Metropolis. Mm-hmm. Like so, Metropolis is kind of resultant in you doing what you do today to this day. Uh, what kind of music did your parents listen to when they weren't you know? Yeah, so it was interesting. My um, parents were always listening to uh, a lot of American rock. Hmm. So a lot of 80s stuff, you know. um, Actually, a lot of the stuff that we played with this band was like stuff from like Chicago Mm -hmm. and, you know, Horse With No Name with, you know, America and like things like that. And that's kind of how... That those all those records would be at my house all the time, so that's naturally what I kind of started listening to, and and we would listen to some Spanish music, obviously because we played a lot of you know a variety of shows, uh, and so we had to know all this music. But my parents and including me always kind of leaned towards American rock, mm. and that kind of became you know the basis of kind of what I do now. Okay, um, I, I was born closer to the '90s, so I kind of stuck with the '90s. Though <laughs> I get it. Well, yeah, I you know um, I think Cadence Wednesday has a like a definitive like like '90s alternative sound. Like it sounds like music from that era. Absolutely, what I really like. That is oh. a big influence from the '90s yeah. for sure. Um, so uh, did you? So at thirteen, you. You had kind of finished touring with your dad. Mm-hmm. Um, when did you pick up other instruments? So um, by the time by the age I got, or by the time I got to the age of thirteen, mm-hmm. um, our band kind of had slowed down. There was a lot of other stuff happening, and you know, I, I kind of needed to get into school and kind of have a more of my dad wanted to give me more of a normal life, um, and so I just kind of stepped away from it for a little bit, and then uh, my father had met someone online and this is back when like the online dating first came mm-hmm. out um and it was a chat room called icq i think i remember yeah icq is ICQ. All, all the different channels yeah, yeah yeah and so he had met somebody uh this beautiful amazing wonderful lady who today is my stepmom mm-hmm. um and where are you living at this point and uh, we're still in mexico okay. at this point okay. uh but she was living in montana <laughs> very far from mexico uh, i mean as far as you can get from you know anything yeah. we've ever yeah. known and so, uh, yeah, they ended up, like, just super connecting. You know, we got to do some video chats, very low-quality video chats. And I got <laughs> to meet, you know, her son and her daughter uh, through the video chats. And we would talk a lot. And, of course, my dad and her would talk a lot. And so uh, they ended up deciding to meet. And so she came down to Mexico to meet us. And then they just hit it off and ended up getting married in Mexico. And then... We decided because she's in a wheelchair, it, it, her life would just be so much easier 
to be in the United States, obviously. Yeah. Uh, and so we decided, you know what, let's uh, just make a move. Let's make sure that she, do you, for me, it was my, I wanted my dad to be happy. And uh, and this uh, lady, Patricia, who's my stepmom, mm-hmm. uh, it was just phenomenal. Um, and so were her kids. So I just kind of, I told my dad, I'm like, do you want to move? Because I'm, I'm okay with that, like, if you're okay with it. And so by the time I was 15 years old, that's when we moved to the United States. And so, of course, then I had, I didn't realize how much of a, sh- a cultural shift that would be mm. uh, until I got here. And that first week was rough, and it's Montana, and there's nobody that looks like me over there, um, sp- uh, Spanish as they come, right? Mm-hmm. This little Mexican guy. Mm-hmm. And, uh, Were you up in the mountains? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That, I mean, it was beautiful. I yeah. had never seen anything like that, yeah. you know? It's definitely going from Mexico where, I mean, you know Mexico. Yeah. It's like, yeah. you know? And then you move to Montana. One of the most, everywhere you look is a natural set. You can take a picture, and it looks like a professional. Yeah, <laughs> you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, like, yeah. Um, and so it, it was just a big shock for me. Mm-hmm. And so I started to kind of get homesick and, and, and I didn't know what to do. And so my dad um, had bought me a classical guitar while I was there. And he said, well, see if, you know, yeah. you can kind of learn and, and play with it. And so I started playing with it and I started like learning some of the songs that I knew in Spanish mm-hmm. Learning the chords and you know easy chords. Plus those like, those vinyl strings have yeah, like a Spanish exactly. guitar sound. Like, yeah, yeah. The classical guitars instead of being all metal strings, yeah. are you know it has the vinyls and and it has a different sound. It has a very flamenco-ish mm-hmm. sound, right? Um, but I was kind of like learning the chords, like and my my fingers would be like super like sore, and I I got this calluses and but it was the only thing that kept me from going into this <laughs> young. Depression sure. that I was kind of yeah. starting to feel, you know, yeah. uh, I, f- I felt so out of place. And music always brought me back to myself, and 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 uh, yeah, I always kind of lifted my spirits a little bit. Um, what's what's the first uh, first time you remember music externally moving you? Not something that you played, but you know, something you heard and realizing that it was more than just music. Yeah, uh, for me, uh, it was the song uh, Sir Duke. That, oh okay. Hey. Yeah, yeah. It, it was it, uh, a Stevie Wonder song. Mm-hmm. Um, it was one of those songs that just kind of was a happy song, and and it moved me. I, I, anytime I had to do uh, a chore or if I had to clean the house or something, I would put that on, and it would just I would just be so happy to do it, you know. And so I I I didn't know why mm-hmm. that song affected me, and 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 I didn't really know English, so I wasn't sure what it is. But it it really caught my 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 attention the fact that it, it had the ability to kind of change my mood, mm. even though I had no idea what it was saying. Cool. And so I kind of went in and researched, and I you know I got a translator because the internet is super young back then, and uh, I figure out what the song was saying. Mm-hmm. And if you listen to the lyrics of this song, it talks exactly about that, mm-hmm. how music is just a universal language that you, you don't have to know how to speak it, to feel it, to let, to, to, for it to move you. And so it's, it, that song completely changed, like made me realize the power of music. Cool. Well, so that's, that's your first song. So we are going to listen to the lyrics. Um, so we're going we're gonna to hear that now. Um, so this is Sir Duke by Stevie Wonder. It's from the album Songs in the Key of Life from 1976. It's like a party in a song, right? right? I mean, how can you not move to that? You yeah. Know? Um, so, okay, uh, you know, you're, you're in early adolescence here with this song. Um, Stevie Wonder, not, not like 
you know, super popular with youth in the 90s. Mm -hmm. I mean, just like that's not the demo. So how did you come across this? Uh, Yeah, well, that was one of the things that my my dad really kind of instilled in me, right? Um, When when you listen to music, there is – there is the melody, right? There is mm-hmm. the things that kind of automatically stick with you, whether you're a musician or not, whether you're a poet, a writer or not, right? So there's something that just kind of you like hear the hook. it and you, right a hook, exactly. Uh, but my dad always pushed me to dig deeper, and so he would give me a head of, uh, a pair of headphones, and like put these on, and listen to the layers of the songs. And so Stevie Wonder was one of those first. Uh, uh, artists that I listened to and I would just hear the details of like okay why is the keyboard doing in this part mm-hmm. while he's doing this with his voice and every that I found out how everything complemented each other mm-hmm. right everything had a purpose within the song and so um, it, it, it all started with Stevie Wonder songs and, and, and it, I just from that moment on every single time I hear a song my brain goes deeper. I, I always, mm. I always want to hear it with my headphones first. It's just a yeah. different layer. So it's, yeah. Yeah, that's kind of how it, it makes a difference too, right? With the yeah, headphones, we had uh, we had a guest in to record um, back on Friday last week, mm-hmm. and um, he was talking about his one of his songs. He he has heard a thousand times, mm-hmm. and he noticed new things while he was here in the room with with the headphones on. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, so. Uh, do you, when was the last time you listened to that? Like before, you know, not related to this show. When was the last time you heard that song? Stevie Wonder, the song we just listened Uh to, Sir Duke. Yeah. Do you want to know the truth? Yeah. Last week. (laughs) Yeah. It's a staple for you? (laughs) It is. It's one of those, like if I'm in a funky mood or if I need to get something done that I, you know, I, you know, we all have a little bit of procrastination in in our blood. When I just know that I need to get something done, I put that song on right every on. time, and it gets me in that mood, and it's it brings me back to those memories, and I'm just like, okay, I'm ready to go, let's do this, you know. Um, do you is that something uh, that you play for Isla? I do, I do, but she's just kind of like she's more into the frozen thing. I get you it. Know? That's my daughter too. Wait, right, right. I mean, you guys, you know how it is. It's uh, you know. Uh, I don't expect her at six to understand the way m- m- I understand music, but mm-hmm. I think she's introducing her to it. I guess is enough yeah. for now. You know, does she have any of kind of your any contemporary or or even older songs that you that you like that she likes? Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. What's one for that, sure that like you put it on because you just it's a great song and then she's bops to it. Uh huh. Yeah, actually, I listen to a lot of Muff- Mumford and Sons, and yeah. so she just loves that feel. And so yeah. sometimes she actually asks me, "Hey, Daddy, can we listen to Mumford and Sons?" Okay. And I, I mean, those are one of those proud moments for me. I'm like, <laughs> you're doing it right. You know what? Yes, we're gonna listen to Mumford and Sons right now. Yeah. Your daughter likes gang vocals. Uh huh. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Um. All right. So. So um, does she play any instruments or show any interest in any instruments yet? She does, actually. Uh, so, you know, from a young age, for me, the way I kind of got introduced to music was by being around my dad. But mm-hmm. not only that, but my dad always had instruments laying around the house. Yeah. You know, everywhere. There was a piano. There was a, a little bongo thing. Um, there was a guitar. And so there was always instruments around the house. So. I think that is what helped me really kind of fall in love with with the different instruments and music in general. So that's what I tried to do for my daughter. So instead of trying to push her to like, hey, you should learn this, you should learn that, I just kind of have instruments around, like just laying around the house. So I have mm-hmm. my guitars are always out. My yeah. guitars are always out no matter what. She has a little ukulele because mm-hmm. that's kind of like a little easier, it's, yeah. you know. Baby um, guitar. Exactly. <laughs> uh, a friend of ours actually gave uh, gave us a, a small drum set and she loves it. But she's young, so she kind of like, you know. Yeah. But 
what I have noticed, like even listening to the Frozen songs, right? She asks for particular songs from the movie, mm-hmm. and what I've noticed is are there there songs that in the particular scenes of the movie are very emotional, very, you know, they're heavy, mm-hmm. you know, even they have a good message and it's for kids, but it's, it's an emotional song. And so I, I watch her, I observe her when she's actually like listening to these things and she starts singing, she closes her eyes and feels this. <laughs> she's six years old. Yeah. So, uh, you know, and maybe part of that too is like me as her dad hoping that, you know, she's got it, but and she, I, I'm listening to her and I'm watching her and she actually hits the notes. Mm-hmm. And then she starts like, you know, going with it. And I, I think she definitely has a singing. Um, she'll have the singing ability, I think, with some help and some coaching and all that. She'll probably get into singing. I bet she's got good rhythm. She does. She yeah. sure does. Yeah. She'll go with the beat. You know, she'll yeah. like, she'll sometimes like I'm driving and she'll like reach out to grab my hand and she'll tap it on my yeah. hand. And I'm like, this is awesome. It's you know, it's, it's, so it's, it's the coolest thing ever, man. So uh, for me, it's just kind of passing that on like sure. my dad did right to her. Right on. Uh, nowadays, uh, how do you, what method do you listen to music? Like, you, um, you know, do you play your own stuff? Do you listen on the radio or stream stuff like how do you most likely listen yeah well you know with with the technology that we have today it's uh, super easy to like i want to listen to uh, incubus today yeah and so i just pop my itunes and i open my itunes and search incubus and just let it play and sometimes what i do is i'll do incubus radio right so it right. plays anything that genre algorithmically related. yeah mm-hmm. uh but uh, i don't know i'm one of those um I guess my personality or the way I listen to music, I I, I always wake up with a song in my head every single hmm. day. And I don't know how, um, you know, my friends and uh, people that are close to me know that they call me the human iPod because every morning I'll have a completely random song in my head, you know. And so that kind of sets the mood almost every day. And I, I just go from there. I'll put my iTunes and I just say, hey, start, you know, I'll tell Siri to start a station based on that. And that's kind of how I choose it. You know, and then, then it depends on what I'm doing, too. If I'm working out or I'm riding my bike or whatever, then I'll, you know. So um, a lot of background music there. Do you um, do you set time aside or do you ever just, like, you know, put something on and just kind of, like, sit and listen? Yeah, that's bedtime for me. Yeah? Bedtime for me is, uh, um, I think because I'm an artist, mm-hmm. um, I, I create better. I intake better at night. Because uh, that's when everything is the, the, the noise from the day and from getting the kid to daycare and school and all this stuff it goes away and that's my that's my me time. Yeah, she goes to bed, and I usually like I I I, I watch TV purely for research purposes because that's what I do now mm-hmm. for a full time job is related to TV. So I'm always kind of trying to do that, but. When I go to bed, I put my headphones on. I have a, a set of wireless headphones, and I everything is dim. And I just listen, and I listen to um, what, what's interesting too is that I don't I don't necessarily have a I have a genre that I'm obviously you know that I lean towards, which is a lot of the rock, Not speed metal, and, right? Yeah. <laughs> but what I try to do is always grow, right? It's always learn from different styles of music, and so it, it'll be random. And I think mm-hmm. that's why I wake up with random songs every day is mm-hmm. because it I I go to bed listening to. I'll listen to like Indian music one night, you know, and just kind of hear again, hearing those layers and hearing those what 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 makes this sound like an Indian style, you know, song, right? And so that that kind of stuff just kind of um, I've done it since since my dad taught me to listen to those layers and stuff. So that's 
those are the times when I really just sit down and listen or like lay down and listen. And and I, for some reason, it just kind of stays with me, you know? Tara, before you say it, make sure that your channel is in one. Okay. Hey, for first time caller, long time listener. No, I do that all the time. Uh, so what about this morning then? What was the Ooh, song yeah. that came to your head this morning? <laughs> so this, this morning, you're not going to believe it. Uh, <laughs> It was that song, Damn, It Feels Good to Be a Gangster. I don't know yeah. why. I don't know why. Again, I, this is this is such a random thing. But last night, I actually went to bed listening to um, 80s hip hop. Mm-hmm. Um, there was one, uh, uh, because, uh, you know, uh, a friend that's close to me, we were talking about that, how like today we're adults and we have these careers and we have all this stuff. But there's an inner gangster inside of us. Yeah. That we're, people our age yeah. were raised with this. Right, Background, the like, Biggie yeah. and Smalls, right, yeah. and mm-hmm. the Warren G's and yeah. Nate Dogs, and so um, I don't know. That kind of sparked something, and so last night I came like ah, I'm gonna listen to rap because a lot of them they have some really good messages, you know, like back '80s rap, '90s rap, all mm-hmm. that stuff. Like there was some some messages that they were really they were trying to get their voice out of. Mm-hmm. Like this is the situation that are happening to us and what's happening in the streets and all this stuff. And so I put on some '90s rap and. Went to bed with that, and I woke up with them. It feels good to be a gangster. <laughs> it's, a, it's a good song, and you know what? Um, it, a lot of a lot of we we celebrate um, like in, enduring hardship. We celebrate like kind of um, like perseverance, mm-hmm. and a lot of songs from that era in hip hop were about that. Were about like survival's rough, but this is what this is what you do. There's you, an outlet. You make it. Yeah. There's a way to to. Not only not only get it out, but mm-hmm. let people know where your heart is and yeah. how what what that journey is like. And and I think eighties, nineties or nineties rap really did a good job with yeah. that. You know, right. uh, when was so being big on iTunes? When was the last time you bought physical music Oof. that you remember? My goodness, yeah. yeah. The technology has changed a lot, mm-hmm. and I don't I don't I don't purchase music. I have a you know like everybody else uh, subscription to iTunes and that's just kind of how I get my music, you know. But then I realized the power of that it can also leave you powerless. There was um I had uh switch banks and mm. so my my bank card has switched, <laughs> right? And that's what iTunes is one of those things that just happens naturally in the background, yeah. I never think about it, right? Yeah. I just know that's budgeted for that, I don't think about it. And so I forgot to change my card and then there was like, you know, of course a month later I'm mm-hmm. like, what do you mean I have to buy this song? Mm-hmm. And I realized, oh my gosh, like, yeah, I don't, I don't ever buy a song. So I don't, I don't know when the last time was that I, um, the, okay, so maybe two Christmases ago, I got a uh, record player, right? Like the okay. old school record player. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I bought a Christmas LP album. And that was probably the last like, time like Christmas classics. Yeah, like, 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 well, it was the She and Him from, uh, you know, Zoe the Chanel, um, their Christmas album. Yeah. Uh, and that was the last album that I bought, and it wasn't even you know. I I I like to think that I did a good thing because it's an actual record. It's yeah. like going back that far, you know. Uh, you, but maybe that's a hipster. In me, you have any? <laughs> you're a little bit. You, you have a little hipster in you. Um, the the is that the last time, the last vinyl that you bought? Then like, have you added to that collection at all? Yeah, I have. But okay. uh, yeah, yeah, I I actually ha- it's a small collection, but um, I, I have uh, I bought Chris Stapleton. Uh, amazing musician. So that's what I'm saying. I listen to all kinds of stuff. So I, I listen to country. I listen mm-hmm. to rap. I listen to all that stuff. So Chris Stapleton was one of those albums that I I, I really lo- enjoyed listening to in that in that format on a rainy day, right? Mm. Um, I have uh, Harry Styles, his last album. Um, 
uh, I watched a documentary on him actually on iTunes. That was incredible. And let me because he came kind of from that boy band, yeah, thing, right? Yeah, I think was it One Direction. I think he was in. I can't remember the name of the band, but I think uh, in this in this day and age, it's easy to like, you know, if you're a musician or whatever, it's easy to be like, oh, that guy doesn't has no talent. He's just in a boy band and dances and whatever. But then I watched his documentary and realized the talent that he has. He can play instruments. He wrote all these things. And again, talking about those layers of music, watching him record that specific album that I bought, mm-hmm. there was uh, this sounds this that he got pots and pans and from like the kitchen in the studio. And they were like doing all these layers of just the sounds, hitting them with the spoons and added them to some of the songs. And you would never think of that, you know, you uh, unless you listen like, again with the headphones and pay attention. Mm-hmm. Uh, but even his whole process of writing, he... When and actually he did a silent retreat where he just kind of no noise, no cell phone, just him and kind of coming back to center, coming back to him. Uh, and, and that's how he started writing this album. Like, where am I in life? Why am I here? What, like, and, like that whole purpose thing. And I just appreciated that as an artist. Like, you know, it, it might seem extreme to some people, but I think I've done that. I've gone on a silent retreat just to kind of when life gets overwhelming or whatever, you know, like you have to find your source, right? You're going to have to go back to why am I here? Because it's easy to get lost with all the everyday stuff. Um, and so I appreciated that. And it taught me a lot about what it means to be an artist. And this is coming from a super young kid coming out of a young boy band, you yeah. know? So it, I just thought it was cool. So I have that album. Sorry, that was a long story for, no, <laughs> for the album. It's but, a good story. Um, yeah. So I wanted I wanted to ask you something. Uh, mm-hmm. Have you have you ever watched those uh, recuts of trailers where they change the background music to make the film fit like a different genre. Mm-hmm. So um, if, if you're listening to this podcast and you've never seen one of these, like like there's like a horror movie version of Mrs. Doubtfire, which is like the one that I really like. But there's a lot of them. There's just like a popular right. thing on YouTube. Um, right. So someone who edits video, mm-hmm. what do you think about the way we can see the same images mm-hmm. but feel something different because of the music behind it? Again, that goes back to the power of music. I mean, uh, with what I do, I do a lot of video editing, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and I work with the clients and directly and try to get them, educate them on why a certain song fits their product or their whatever, right? Uh, so, yeah, I mean, a lot of uh, probably, and I'm not exaggerating, probably 60% of the time of editing, of editing time, or actually sitting in the chair behind a computer to put a piece together, it could be a 30-second, a 15-second piece. 60% of the time is trying to find the song to go with it. Because mm-hmm. there's, you know, all kinds of websites that you can you can purchase specifically for broadcasting or for television. And uh, so there's this huge, giant libraries with thousands and thousands of tracks with no lyrics, just, just literally music that can connect the audience to this product, right? And so 60% of the time is spent trying to match that feel to their product, mm-hmm. whatever the product might be. And so I think it's it, it's awesome that, that videos like that do exactly that. It shows the average person what a difference the music alone makes on the same movies that you've known for years. Yeah. Same characters, same scenes, same everything except one element, music. Yeah. And if you had never seen those movies, you would just take it as writ. Like what you see is, oh, it's that kind of movie. Right. Yeah. You know. Right, I mean, think about how powerful that is. Mm. That is uh, that is the that is exactly what I mean when I talk about a certain. That is that 
I didn't. I was I was a, a kid in Mexico that knew zero English, zero English, and this song did something for me. It took me there. It, it, you know, same thing with, with with these videos. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's awesome. Cool. All right. Um, I want to get your second song. Um, what did you bring for us? Uh, this is a, an Incubus song. I mm-hmm. think it seems to be the theme. But <laughs> uh, when I uh, moved to the U.S., uh, I started listening to a lot of. Uh, 90s rock and Incubus was one of those bands that just made an impact. I mean, I love the way Brandon Boy, the lead singer, mm-hmm. writes uh, the metaphors that he used. And and at the time, I'm learning English, so I'm learning what metaphors are and I'm learning what these things are, you know. And he is just such a, a, a I mean, to, just to be plain honest, he's a poet. He's a the way he writes these songs. Uh, if you pay attention to the lyrics, it, it, he writes very methodically and very with with a lot of metaphors and i just love this writing right so he has this song drive right that was like it was huge in the 90s it was a radio hit and so i naturally knew it and then from there i started digging in and so drive was one of the songs that i just it, i just connected with um musically i love the the chords and the guitars that's when after i learned to play guitar i was here in the u.s that was one of the first songs that I learned, which is not an easy song to learn when no, you're just No, the first two learn. chords in that song are annoying <laughs> to learn. It, it, but, you know, people people that play guitar told me you have to stretch. You mm-hmm. have to make your hands hurt yeah. so that you can get used to those kinds of chords. And, you know, if you want to play Dave Matthews Band, good luck. <laughs> you have to really, <laughs> you know. And so I really wanted to stretch myself. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Incubus was one of the songs that I learned. And then that song helped me figure out the power of the Internet. Because that's when YouTube first started coming out, right? I was a teenager, and I, of course, being in, into TV, and I was in uh, um, in high school. I was in the media department, so I always had cameras with me that I could, you know, use from the school. And so I recorded myself covering that song acoustically mm-hmm. um, in my bedroom, and I'm like, oh, I'll upload it over there on YouTube or whatever. And this is before like we knew about the algorithms and about making money after a certain views and blah blah blah, right? And so I uploaded, thinking nothing of it, and I want to share it with my friends or whatever. And it ends up, it ends up getting like thousands and thousands of views, and like people from all over the world are saying, "Oh, what a great cover!" Blah blah blah. And uh, it just made me realize the power of the internet at that point. You know, yeah. I never knew that it was going to get to this point. Uh, and it's funny enough, I don't remember my login for that, <laughs> <laughs> and I don't remember. Where, I can't find it. Yeah, I know I uploaded it, and it was there. And after a while, I just kind of never went back. And whatever that account is, I can't find it anymore. I, can't, I I've looked for Incubus covers, and there's a whole bunch of new ones. Wow, but, sure. You know, but I can't find my own. But I, I, maybe one day I'll find it. But it's somewhere out could, there in the Or you could do, you could do it again and throw it up there. And oh yeah, <laughs> yeah, that too. Get or get, get Isla to sing it. Ah man, yeah, <laughs> that'd be cool. All right, so let's listen. Um, this is uh, Drive by Incubus. It's off of the Make Yourself album from 1999. My boy, Brandon Boyd. Uh, so before I forget to say it, like you had mentioned, you know, hearing new things. Mm-hmm. And I've heard that song a hundred times, but I never really thought about the fact that, you know, 1999, like alternative music, they're using like the turntable sound mm-hmm. as percussion in there. And I've never really picked up on that. I don't know why, but that, yeah. that's so cool. Um, all right. Speaking of Brandon Boyd, the first time I heard you play that song mm-hmm. in person, I was floor like my jaw was on the floor at how much you sounded like Brandon Boyd. Mm-hmm. Like you sing 
in the register and and like with the same tone that he does. Um, did you when when you made the video? Was were you that on? Yeah, I, I think so. I I I got I got lucky enough to be in the same. I guess in that same register, um, key register that he sings in, you know. Um, and then when I started, when I started playing guitar, right, mm-hmm. and uh, I was hanging out with friends and stuff like that, they started telling me, "Oh, you can sing!" Like I didn't know that was a thing I could do. So um, it, for me, Incubus was uh, Brandon Boyd specifically. I loved his voice. I loved what he did. So I kind of did try to simulate it for a little bit, you know, and and, and that kind of became the basis of what I, what my sound was like. Sure. Uh, so yeah, a lot of people did say that I, I I sounded very much like it, you know, especially playing it live and stuff. So so you're teasing this uh, vocal ability <laughs> that you have. Uh, I can't help but ask. Can, can you give us a little taste? Yeah, can you do that chorus? A little maybe? taste. The the chorus of the yeah. song. Uh, yeah, and you can <clears throat> belt a little so you can back off the mic. Okay. Yeah. Whatever tomorrow brings, I'll be there with open arms and open eyes. Yeah. Woo! Yeah. <laughs> um, so you. you 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 covered that when you played in Cadence Wednesday and other Incubus songs too, right? Yep. Um, uh, so you founded that band with Matt Steves. Mm-hmm. Do you guys keep up nowadays? We do. We do. And in fact, we still play around town uh, every once in a while. And we do an acoustic show just to keep it alive. Under the name? Under, um, or just you guys? Just us. Yeah. Uh, really, we kind of uh, decided not to go get too crazy into it anymore. <laughs> you know, we did it for a while. We, yeah. You know, we, we did the touring. We did all that stuff. Um, but... Music is such an integral part of both of our lives, me and my, you know, my guitar player, yeah. Matt Steves, that we just couldn't let it die. You know, <laughs> yeah. we and couldn't you guys, let it die. You guys, like, get a lot, like, musically, you guys are, like... From the same, moment we met. Yeah, two peas in a pod. Mm-hmm. Yeah, with the same, same style of music. We listen to the same artists. Mm-hmm. Um, his background is very similar. His dad very much had an influence in into how much he got into music and stuff like yeah. that. So, yeah, it was, we always got along perfectly. Well, uh, a, a trivia bit for you in the band and him. Like, you guys wrote a song in a day, basically? Yeah. So, you well, you were sitting around and... What you were both playing? Yeah. So uh, interesting enough, he he. I got introduced to him from uh, from the former lead singer of Cadence Wednesday. Oh, okay. Um, because I was originally the drummer right, for right, that right, band. Right. Um, and so the lead singer. <laughs> this is how long ago it was. You ready? <laughs> yeah. The lead singer was the manager, or no? He was an employee of Blockbuster. <laughs> That's a very old sentence. Right, right. I'm, I'm aging myself a little bit, but it's cool. Um, so he told me that the manager of this blockbuster was okay. Awesome if you're listening and you don't know, <laughs> yeah, blockbuster is a place where you. It was like Netflix, but you had to get the tape. You actually had to a go tape, there. A tape is like a little box that a video would go on. <laughs> yeah. Okay. This go. is embarrassing, man. <laughs> uh, so yeah. yeah. So, you know, so he told me this manager named Matt Steves was also into music and he listened to a lot of the stuff that I listened yeah. to. I'm like, oh, well, I guess I have a tape to rewind and take back. So I guess <laughs> I'll stop by, you know, and 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 meet this guy. And so I met him and uh, I think it was like a week later, he was closing the store. And, you know, back then they closed at midnight. So mm-hmm. it's like, oh, that's the only place that's open right, really late. Mm-hmm. And you go and hang out and find a, a movie. So I brought my guitar and... You know, I just kind of started messing around. He's like, oh, that's cool. You know, then he next time we got together, he had a good, his guitar and we just wrote this one song in like a, like a day, you know. And that's when we knew like 
something was born. Mm -hmm. Like we we have to play together. We have to start a band. I don't know. We're young. We all we know is like let's play together you sure. know, and see where it goes. What um what musical influences kind of shape the band's sound? Well, I, again, a lot of '90s stuff. You mm -hmm. know, we, we um, Incubus was huge for me. For Matt Steves was uh, Third Eye Blind. He was a big, huge Third Eye Blind fan. Uh, so a lot of his sounds and stuff like that were mm -hmm. uh, influenced very heavily by Third Eye Blind. And um, you know, we just kind of morphed into our own. We kind of did our own. Okay. Um, mm -hmm. um, what live? What of of all the performances you did? Which live performance comes to mind when you think of the band? Well, there's a lot. Um, yeah. There's some funny ones. Uh, what was the first one that popped up? The first one that popped was when we uh, oh, got to open for Shinedown, yeah, uh, a Harborside yeah. event center down in Fort Myers. Mm -hmm. um, we got we got a call from from one of the uh, producers from one of the local radio stations, and um, they were bringing Shinedown down for one of their festivals they were having, and uh, we were known around around town because we played all the different bands. We played downtown. We 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 played all those venues, right? The city taverns and the, mm -hmm. you know. And so we were kind of known by that. And so we get a call from this producer, and he's like, "Hey, listen, we um, you know, we got this this band coming down, Shine Down. I don't know if you know, and and, and we loved Shine Down. Yeah. Right? Like, we were like, what? What do you mean? We get to open for like 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 we get to like be in the same stage that they're going to be like, oh yeah. So we're like thrilled to be on, you know." Uh, so that's the first one that comes to mind. You know, we that was uh, one of the fir our first experiences playing in front of thousands of people. Like we like, oh my gosh, you know. Um, so yeah, that was that was definitely <laughs> the first one that came to mind. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Um, now, uh, more recently, because you got you guys, could, you know, at some point it kind of petered out and you went on hiatus. Um, you guys did play a show at Fancy's, mm -hmm. which is a restaurant here, when it opened. Right. Um. Is there any possibility of any other one-off shows like under under that name? Probably not under that name. Okay. Um, we actually kind of toyed around even already with some new names that we're gonna, you know. Okay. Because we are still playing at fancies. Like the, the truth of it sure. is, we're still doing, you know, acoustic. Just me and him sometimes. Sometimes just me. Depends on his schedule. Is uh, it like a regular gig? Like if somebody's in town, can they, can they know when to come? Yeah, see? usually once a month. Okay, um, once a month, twice a month. It depends on again how busy we we both are. But yeah, that's kind of like the, um, the 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 our way of keeping our music alive. And actually, uh, for for me, it was such a commitment, right? My so my 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 father who taught me everything about music, everything I know about the love of music, uh, passed away three years ago, mm -hmm. and so. I made a promise to myself to always honor him that way. And so what I did is I got his signature on my left arm, which is there. Yeah. which is where I play, you know, yeah, guitar, yeah. my guitar. Yeah, yeah. And so every time I play, if I look down, oh, that's awesome. the signature is right there. And I always, I'm always, he's always with me when I'm playing. And I'm always reminded of that. So, yeah, that's the one and only tattoo I have. It's on my arm and it's a signature. That's beautiful. Terry's getting chills. I can see Aww. through the glass. Um, uh did you did you use your did your dad ever get to see any of the shows? Yeah, yeah, he actually got me got to see me play a lot of times and uh you know, he he always he he was always proud. You know, he was just that he was that supportive guy. He was my support system no matter what mm. I did, no matter what I chose to do. And he always, you know, because he he lived in the music industry, mm -hmm. especially in Mexico and he kind of got exposed to that and he always warned me like, "Listen, this is a hard life." It's a hard life, but it's not an impossible life. And if this is what you want, I support you. Just know that it, it may get tough at times. You may have 
two people in the room that are not paying attention. You may have hundreds and thousands of people that are like, you know, and that's great. But just know that this is a this is not an easy life. To, it, it looks glamorous. It looks whatever. But you have to be in it because you love it. Mm-hmm. If you love it, I support you and I'm behind you 110%. Awesome. So, yeah. Now, excuse me. <clears throat> did you ever did you ever use your videography experience for band stuff? Like, did, you know, did you shoot anything? Were you doing any of that during that time? Yeah, we actually got lucky because a I was already doing that stuff with with TV, and then Matt Steves, a guitar player as well, was very much into video and cameras and doing all that stuff. So um, we got lucky enough to be able to produce our own content for our website and for our you know, back then, MySpace, right? Yeah. And, and there's a Facebook page, too. Uh-huh. Yeah. The, the, the Facebook, I think the Facebook page is still alive somewhere. So mm-hmm. look it up, Caden's oh, Wednesday. Yeah, it's there. <laughs> it's there. Uh, so, yeah, we, we actually got to create our own content. We, we, we interviewed each other, right, like about the band. And we did those videos like, hey, we're going to be playing here. And this is our story. And this is kind of where, you know, we will bring the cameras in, into the studio when we're recording. And mm-hmm. we'll record each other. Like, you know, so we have a lot of, like, Videos are hidden in that and YouTube. If you look it up, there's stuff. there's a great YouTube video where it's like um like Cadence Wednesday. I think it's just like the story, mm-hmm. and it's like it's it's you guys talking about the formation of the band, yep. and there's some music, and it's yep. it's cool. There's some and, and, young pictures of you uh-huh. guys. Yeah. yeah, that was I was uh, I don't know probably <laughs> about sixty pounds lighter. <laughs> <laughs> Weren't we all? Uh, but yeah, that was all produced and written and shot and edited by us. Actually, Matt Steves edited. I shot a lot of it, and then one of our friends. Max, who was in production, helped us be behind the camera when we couldn't be behind the camera. So, yeah. Um, so, what was the last live music performance you attended? Either, either, uh, not last. Uh, yeah, yeah. What's the most recent live music uh, uh, show that you attended, either as an attendee or working? Uh, I actually went to watch um, Kings of Leon. Yeah. Uh, in Tampa, that was the last show I saw. Um, and I was blown away. I mean, I love Kings of Leon. Mm-hmm. I'm a big fan of Kings of Leon. And so um, I got lucky because I was actually working in Tampa doing a video shoot for a client, something completely separate. Um, and I didn't think I was going to be able to go to this concert. So we got done with the shoot and we're like, oh, you know what? I think Kings of Leon's playing down the road. I look it up and I'm like, oh, my gosh, my assistant that was with me. And we're like, well, let's go. We're done with, with the shoot. Let's try to figure out how to get in. Uh, and I remember this band, Young the Giant, was opening for them. And so we went and just tried to get tickets at the door. And as soon as we park, we walk into the, the box office, right? And this lady is walking and said, hey, listen, we have these two lawn seat tickets uh, our friends couldn't show up. It's two of them. Do you want them? <sighs> okay. Yeah, yes. sure. Can we give you something for it? Can we buy you a drink or something? She's like, nope, just pay it forward. So we got in for free, hey. you know, which we were going to pay for anyway. Free concert. Free concert, you know? And so, yeah, we – and it was incredible. I mean, mm-hmm. Kings of Leon, that's another one of those artists that, you know, will follow. It's incredible. It's an incredible writer and you can feel his pain when, mm-hmm. he, when he's singing and the things he writes about and – um, so it, I mean, I was in I was in my element. I was mm. just listening, and 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 they just they don't mess up. <laughs> they're, they're every, he hits every single note when he sings, and there was just yeah, it was an incredible experience. What's the furthest you've gone to see somebody play? Mm. Uh, I probably North Carolina. I went to see uh, 
um, I can't remember. It was it was one of those indie bands that mm-hmm. I kind of wasn't too. Uh, and I went to see them in in, in uh, North Carolina, uh, Asheville. From here, from here, yeah. Uh, and that that was worth it. Okay. <laughs> and then uh, for New Year's, actually, I traveled to, not this New Year's, okay. but the last one, eighteen to nineteen. Yeah, eighteen yeah. to nineteen. Uh, I ended up with my brother and a friend in Nashville, and Keith Urban was playing. Yeah. And so we kind of tried to make it, but we didn't make it. Oh. But that was almost the furthest. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Honorable mention. Yeah. Exactly. Um, is there a band that you, that you listen to right now that is kind of under the radar that you think should get more attention? Like, uh, gosh, there's honestly so many, uh, Citizen Scope, I think is one of those, um, one of those bands. Was that Citizen Scope? C- Citizen's Cope. Okay. Cope. C-O-P. Citizen's Cope. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's one of the, um, one of those bands that, um, they're, they're, his messages, his, uh, stuff he writes about, I think, I think it, it really correlates a lot with, you know, how uh, how we we we're feeling with with everything that's going on in the world mm-hmm. and 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 not only around the world but even with our own personal lives our depressions are like the things that have gone for a long time without being talked about um you know depression and, and anxiety and all those things that we just kind of you know he talks a lot about that in his music and you can feel it and i just i just love that um so i yeah i think Susan Scope is one of those okay. um, for me mm-hmm. um do you ever karaoke? <laughs> All the time. All the time? All the All time. Right. Um, what is your go-to song? Ah, of course, Incubus. It's an Incubus always, song. Okay, always an Incubus song. But uh, lately, uh, yeah. honestly, lately has been um, – uh, I just kind of went back and started doing the Killers for a little bit. Oh, hey. Uh, you know, I mean, you got you got to do Killers. Killers is awesome. Uh, and I'm trying to convince convince my best friend to do Regulators with me. <laughs> Uh, do you sing in? Um, do you sing any songs in Spanish? I don't. Um, actually, if you uh, if you go on my Facebook page um, for Christmas as a gift to the people that follow me and all that, I posted a video of Feliz, singing Feliz Navidad. I listened to it with with my six year old daughter. It's so great! It's the first time she's ever yeah. sang in the camera and stuff, and and yeah. it's got. I think we're up to like almost eight hundred yeah. views now. When she breaks it, I want to uh-huh. you. <laughs> oh, she's so cute. You, yeah. you you have to watch it because uh, you know I, I'm singing the song and I, I, as I'm playing and mm-hmm. singing the song, I'm hoping that she's because she's kind of nervous about mm-hmm. it, and I'm hoping that she's gonna hit and that and then the, her she's like the whole time she's just staring like yeah. very still, right, like a statue she's waiting. And then her bar comes and she becomes completely animated and it's like yeah. oh my gosh, she nailed so it. Hot. It's it's a great video. Yeah. We watched it a bunch. Really, <laughs> really good. Yeah. So that's the only Spanish song that I've done, really. Okay. I was, I've, I was only asking because um, um, Lupita's, the Mexican place I go to, mm-hmm. they have every Friday, they have a karaoke night. And you made me think of it when, when you know, you mentioned your dad telling you, like, sometimes it's going to be two people and they're not uh-huh. paying attention yeah. because the guy there, he runs the machine, but if no one's singing, he, he, does, he does a song. Nice. And I've been there and watched him do seven songs in a row <laughs> and he still has a good time. Like, he's still, like, singing for everybody and then he packs up. <laughs> so, <laughs> like, yeah. Because so. listen, man, I, it's it's awesome. It's awesome. Don't get me wrong. It, you feed off the crowd. Right? Yeah. Like, when you're performing, you feed off of that no doubt and the energy is different but when you're doing it for the love of music for the love of 
the 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 feels that you get that when you when you're able to go there mm. it doesn't matter man it doesn't matter who who you're playing in front of you just that's the reason why sitting in the living room i can just pick up the guitar and just go there right. you know all right um we're up for your third song I waited for you to drink so I could make you. Would you would you bring us for your third song? Well, this is a Mumford and Sons mm-hmm. song, and uh, for me, this was a this kind of. I started listening to this song. Um, I met um, this amazing woman in my life. I am divorced now, um, uh, and you know I went through that process, and then I met this incredible woman um, that just completely has changed my view. In life has inspired me to look deeper into not just myself and my soul, but to other people and to, to teach me. She's taught me how to actually love people that you would even consider unlovable mm-hmm. or you would that it would be hard to love, you know. And so it, there's such a bigger story with that, um, but we won't go there. But I listened to the song Woman. Right, and it reminded me of her because there is she is incredible, and she's she's an introvert, so she's not really like a person that you'll find talking to everybody. But she feels everybody's energies, you know. And so there's this mystery to her that I find very intriguing, and just that, that I that I'm in love with, you know. Um, and so this song talks about that. How there's there's something I don't know, and I can see it in your eyes, and you'll hear in the, in the lyrics. But as the night ascends and all begins, all starts over again, I'm in awe of the woman I adore. That's uh, And when I heard that, and I mean, everybody I'm sure has their own interpretation of the song. But for me, that nailed it. Like I could not explain this woman better than this song. Right? And, and uh, yeah, I mean, it, it just moved me. And I, and I kind of showed her the song and I learned it and I kind of played it for her and – uh, it, it has such an impact because she has such an impact on me, and mm. and 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 hearing hearing it explained that way, it, it, again through the music, through the notes, through the chords, it just it was awesome. It was awesome. So this song, I will forever remember this song as her song. And she, I don't know that she knows how much <laughs> this song means to me, but um, do you remember where you were when you heard it and made that connection? That was uh, one of those uh, going to bed sessions yeah. <laughs> when I was just kind of laying down, going to bed, and um, I needed to kind of relax. And so Mumford and Sons sounded like the right thing, and that's the first song that played. And from that chord, the first chord that's on like a D or something, I can't remember, um, it immediately kind of put me in a in 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 a space that I hadn't felt before. I know it sounds so like doesn't <laughs> no, that make sense? Uh, but it, it just it just took me there, and so I start listening to the to to what he's singing, and the first thing he says with this deep voice, he's this British guy mm. that sings a you know woman. You'll hear it. <laughs> um, I'm like, oh okay, you know, and then he starts talking, describing this beautiful human being, you know, um, and and all I can think of as he's singing is all I can see is her face. It, it changed everything. I, I want to hear this. Let's let's uh, play. This is Woman, Mumford and Sons, off of the Delta album from 2018. Woman. Yeah, yeah. That looked like it took you somewhere. It did. It does every time. Yeah. Every time. It's yeah. Um. I I think the 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 line that hits me the most yeah. uh, or that takes me there. It, it, um. He talks about. 
her saying to him that the sun doesn't shine on her sometimes, right? And and I think we all we all go through phases, and because of her personality, everyone feels comfortable telling her their things and like, how do I deal with this? And she's so good at just listening and and, and feeling these things for them and helping them out. Um, but I don't think she's really ever had somebody to do that for her. And so, um, and in the song, he says, you know, you, you, you say that the sun doesn't shine on you sometimes. And I hope that you know that's not true. And so that has been for me, my goal is to always let her know that the sun will always shine on her. That, that, that even when she feels at the darkest, there's always hope. And that's what she's got me for. Like, you know, like, hey, we can do this together. Yeah. You know, so that's, I, would I, you, that song just, yeah. Would you say that was reciprocal? Like, you were you in a place like that? Absolutely. When you met? Absolutely. Yeah, I was coming out of a very dark period. You know, I had gone through a divorce and and living this single parent life. And this, I mean, I know it sounds cliche or whatever, but the second I saw her, I knew she was my person. When you played it for her, what was her take? She smiles. <laughs> she smiles. She smiles. Like there, there's this there's a smile that she has just for me, mm. and I know it, and I and I see it every time. Because you know, you when you hang out with friends and you have like, but yeah. there's there's a, there's a there's a smile that she that she reserves just for me, and um, and I know that she's smiling from her heart. That's so, crazy. Yeah. Um, did you have did you have um, another song that like almost made the cut but didn't? Uh I don't. I don't. I don't think so. Okay. I think these these are they, they stood out. They stood out, okay. and um, and actually, when when you were asking me about being in the show and stuff, this woman song was like. I I remember. Present. No, yeah, I remember when you said that you wanted to do it. I also yeah. remember you saying like, and I know, like this one definitely. Yeah, for sure. Um, if you could go and see any band performer, you know, vocalist, whatever, in their prime, Living mm. Dead, whoever. Who would you go see? Pearl Jam. Ooh. Pearl Jam. Yeah. I always loved Eddie Vedder. And again, that's one of those, like, when he sings, he sings from his heart and you mm-hmm. hear the raspiness of his voice and stuff, you know? So, yeah, um, Pearl Jam for sure will be one of those. And I, I don't know if they still play around. I think they do every once in a while, but. Like yeah. mid-90s Pearl Jam. Yeah, yeah. for sure, man, okay. you know. Um, if you could, uh, like, Matrix-style flip a switch and learn an instrument that you don't play now what would it be <laughs> saxophone yeah i always wanted to learn the saxophone i have one it's just overwhelming there's a lot <laughs> it's a lot and it's not like linear like you're holding different buttons for different yeah, yeah. um okay I, I listened to this uh jazz band called snarky puppy right mm-hmm. and they have mm-hmm. a huge horn section and I, i'm always like anytime i listen to them i'm always whistling the horn section so my goal and i'm still gonna do it i have a saxophone at home so i'm still gonna try to learn it but my goal is to be able to play one of the snarky puppy songs right on yeah. All right. Um, if you could uh, play on stage, like hop in a session with any band or performer, living or dead. Ooh, man. There's so many for yeah, that one. But, but you can uh, only pick one. I, I got to say, dude, uh, Justin Timberlake for me. Mm-hmm. That guy is so talented. And not only him, his band, yeah. the Tennessee Kids. Well, what would you play? It was like, would you do oh vocals with them? I think would I you? think I would do drums. <laughs> oh yeah, their beats are just so fun. Their drummer is an incredible drummer, um, and then uh, actually, but my second one would be John Mayer. Yeah, I remember you being a John Mayer mm-hmm. fan. Yeah, 
I'm a big John Mayer fan. I love his. I mean, he's a he's a guitar guy, right? Yeah, like, we is. all know yeah. that that Joker is in another level. Mm. But yeah, I think those those two will be like if in a in a in a dream. Like if someone's listening out there mm. and wants to get me a I don't know a gift because they love me. I don't know. Make a wish for Sergio. Make a wish for me. Yeah. <laughs> Start a GoFundMe. I don't know. Um, it will be uh, Justin Timberlake or John Mayer. Okay. Um, if you were a pro wrestler. <clears throat> what music would you come out to? <clears throat> Probably a Rage Against the Machine song. Oh, yeah. Like, take the Power Back, that beginning yeah. of that song. Like, you know, like I, you just feel the power. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a video of them when they played in Mexico City. Mm-hmm. And um, I think I think it's Guerrilla Radio. It starts and people, you see, like, it's a really big, it's like a helicopter shot Mm -hmm. and you see the people jump, but the sound is, you know, has to move. So like you see the front of the stage Mm -hmm. and they jump and then you see all the people behind them and it's just, it's like this wave pulse of Uh, thousands of people. It's incredible. Incredible, right? Um, All right. What would a 14 year old Sergio think of how your life has, has went and where you are now? He wouldn't have believed me at all. He would, you know, um, I had, I, I had an, an idea of what my life was in Mexico and what, uh, um, what it would have been had I stayed there. Um, I never imagined myself having a six-year-old, amazing, beautiful six-year-old, um, doing what I love to do every single day, mm. getting to play music, getting to have met the people that I've met. Um, doing the things I do right now. I'm in a, you know, amazing podcast. Like, you know. Oh, thank you. I wouldn't have believed you. I wouldn't have believed you. So um, it's one of those where, like, if I had the chance to go back and say something to him, it would be like, hey, hang in there, you little Spanish-Mexican guy. You're going to be all right. (laughs) In a world, uh, a completely unknown world and culture. Mm. And you're going to make it just fine. Cool. Um. Is there a song that you prefer to turn off or skip, you know, on on streaming um, because of a memory that it connects you to? Um, yeah, there's 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 a few of those. There's a few of those that I I, I listen to, and um, and you know, funny enough, uh, again, I listen to a lot of different genres and a lot of different styles of music, and particularly when I was going through through my divorce, um, the only music that kind of got me through would be reggae music because mm. you know it's happy it's and reggae. it's islandy and yeah. i love like the whole island feel um but today you know i think because it has it, 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 i'm very thankful for it because it pulled me out of that right or it got me through that uh but today listening to that again takes me back to remembering the mm-hmm. hard times and the counseling and and, and the everything that i had to go through to get back to myself yeah. you know it's like and an so, anchor point to yeah that, to that period i'm very grateful yeah. for it right and it's it's it sounds silly because it's reggae music i'm very grateful for mm-hmm. reggae, but but it's not yeah it had um, you know reggae music is very much connected to again their suffering and a lot of their you know striving and striving mm-hmm. out of that and so i think that really helped me through um and as much as i love it i just can't necessarily it's, go it's back and like it. if one of those songs comes on i usually like sure Give my gratitude and then skip it, you know? Makes sense. Um, all right. Can you please recommend for us three people who you'll share this podcast with when it comes out and who you think would make good guests for us? Absolutely, man. I can think of a few, actually. 
but I'll give you my my top. Uh, <laughs> I guess my top three. Um, the first one will be my guitar player, uh, Matt Steves. Mm-hmm. Um, again, he's he's got a very similar style to my music. Uh, my that, what I like to listen to, even how he got into music through his dad and. He's probably one of the most talented guitar players I've ever played with. Um, uh, and I don't know if your audience knows this or not, but you are also an incredible <gasps> guitar player. So let's I'm not okay. let's not forget that. Okay, <laughs> okay. we're not discounting you here because well, you're pretty incredible. I've heard you play. I played with you on stage. Yeah, so, right. um, but yeah, Matt Steves is one of those uh, one of those guys. Is just he 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 thinks about music and writes music. In, in in these beautiful layers that I've never hmm. visually actually saw anybody do, at least nobody that I play with. And watching him do his thing is amazing. So Matt Steves will okay. be one of them. Hey, Matt. Uh, the second person, and, you know, funny enough, it's actually another one of my old band members. His name is also Matt. Uh, Matt Larson, uh, incredible drummer, incredible friend. Um, he actually... It's one of those guys that I learned a lot from as far as not just listening to what's on the radio, not just listening to what is your mainstream stuff, but digging in and finding those indie bands, finding those bands that you wouldn't necessarily pay attention to and hearing what they had to say. And so he's one of those guys that really kind of helped me learn some of that. Um, and so, yeah, Matt, Matt Larson will be another, that second one. And the third one is actually an old friend that is also a local musician here in town. His name is Jason Collins and... He is just a big teddy bear, man. He's one of those guys that just you see him and you immediately feel. But he gives you one of those full hugs and holds you there for like almost that awkward like <laughs> 15, 20 seconds. Yeah. But it feels so good, you know, and you immediately feel uplifted. Yeah. Um, but he's an incredible, super humble musician. He plays bass for a lot of local bands, but he uh, also plays band for uh, or bass for a band called Pig Floyd, who is a, you know a tribute band to uh, Pink Floyd. Yeah. So and Pig, Pig Floyd, like Pig the animal, Floyd, yeah. like yeah, the animal, yeah. oink oink, you know. Um, and I've seen them play. I've got. I was lucky enough to see them play twice now. And my gosh, they take you there, man. They are just all the whole band, that entire band is just made up the most talented musicians I've ever seen here. Um, but he is just incredibly humble. They travel, they do all this stuff, and they 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 really put a lot of hard work behind Pig Floyd. Um, but you see him on the streets. You see him. I run into him at Starbucks sometimes, mm. and the kindest, most loving guy I've ever met mm-hmm. and just incredibly talented, you know, and always out to help you out. And, hey, man, I got maybe a couple gigs here. You need a gig or, you know. So he's just a very, very awesome guy. So I think he'll be great. All right. Thanks for naming the people. Um, do you have any other kind of final thoughts for us here as we wrap up? No. Uh, I, well, uh, I guess uh, if, if, if I can – you know, out of all the crazy stuff that I said here, hmm. um, if you hear anything, uh, I guess I would just want to tell your audience to, whether you're a musician or not, take a time. You know, you know, people say, um, take time to read a book, take yeah. time to take time to listen to music with their headphones on. Just do it once. Turn everything off before you go to bed. Whatever that silent moment is. Some people meditate. Some people, and it's great. I do it. But do it with music and watch what happens. Hear, you will hear things that you never, even if it's a song that you've always heard for 20, 30 years, you'll hear something new every time. I promise you. And let it take you somewhere, somewhere new. Thanks, Sergio. Thank you. Thanks for having me. 
say permanent red and the glaze in my eyes. We make this show in the studios of WGCU Public Radio on the campus of Florida Gulf Coast University in Fort Myers, Florida. Richard Chinqui is co-creator, producer, and host. Mike Canary is the co-creator and host. Tara Calligan is the online content producer and host. Chris Duffus is our executive producer, and our theme song was made by Dave 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 Cowan and Stick Martin at Monkey House Studio in St. Pete. Just a quick reminder, if the app that you listen to us in has a rating system, give us a five-star rating. It really does make a difference. It's always great when we get to have musicians play us out because we get to make a new memory while they're you know, in the studio, and we hear that song again, we're taken back to the interview. Well, with all the coronavirus stuff, we've been kind of isolating ourselves at home, and Sergio didn't have his guitar the day that we did the interview, so he was nice enough to drive over to my house and um, let me record him playing the song. So this is Mumford & Sons' Guiding Light off of the 2018 album of the same name. Discovering some new truth I was always wrapped around you But don't just slip away in the night And don't just hurl your words from on high Well, I know Become blind. Cause even when there is no star in sight, you'll always be my only guiding light. If we come back and we're broken, unworthy and ashamed, give me something to believe in. Well, I know I had it all on the line But don't you sit with folded hands and become blind Cause even when there is no star inside You'll always be my only guiding light Well, I know Keep listening. Next time on Three Song Stories. I love tequila. I love drinking good tequila. tequila straight. You're just, you, I mean, you're not, you're not just like, you know, making margaritas. I you're do not drinking tequila. I when I I only make margaritas with tequila.